Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Everybody standing, if you would, please. If you'll stand with me, this day in history won't come for another 100 years. 23, July 23, this is the year 2023. Let's hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's worship Him together. Come on, Cathedral of Faith, put your hands together. Just 
Sometimes I believe we, we misconstrue the goodness of God. We attach it to our preference. And I don't believe it's attached to our preference. I believe it's attached to our purpose. It's not always the things that make us happy and feel good. And maybe it wouldn't be the way we would write our own story. But when God does something in our life and he says it's good, it means it's accomplishing the purpose for which he sent us. And I believe that God's doing something in each and every one of us in this moment, even the hard times, even the trials, they're perfecting something inside of us. They're strengthening our faith in God. 
and we're actually getting to see him show off in ways that he wouldn't be able to show off if everything was going according to our plan. So, Father God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for our lives, and we just ask that the goodness of the Lord would just emerge in this place. Lord, I pray that there would just be a literal sense of your presence in this room that would give us the assurance and the confidence to know that we are not alone. And I pray, God, that whatever type of journey we're on, wherever we are at in that journey, you would take us by the hand as a good father does. You would lead us down the paths that you have set before us, that we would learn to trust the good shepherd today, that we would learn to follow you, not just on the mountaintops, but through the valley low, to know that in all of those things, you are still good love still endureth forever and ever and you are faithful you are faithful you are faithful we thank you for that today father we put our hope and our trust in that in the name of jesus all of god's people shouted amen and amen could we just respond to the goodness of god right now in this moment somebody give him a shout of praise yes
declare it. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, and you will continue to. All my life you have been so, so.
So would you just extend your hands in this moment, a sign of agreements, it's a motion of unity. Father God, in this moment, you are God and you are good. God, while we walk through this life and half the time we haven't got a clue what's going on, but just like children, we look to our Father and we say, God, if you indeed are good and you indeed are God, I can trust you in this moment. I can trust you in this season. I can trust where you're taking me. I can trust what you're doing in me. So Father God, may we have that childlike faith today in this moment to reach and take the hand of our God and our Father and trust that you are good. Speak your words. Do the miraculous work underneath the surface that only you are capable of doing in this gathering today. That as Pastor Ken speaks one word, it has 5,000 different applications for everyone here according to their need and according to their season. God, we believe that you have not brought us here to let us go now. May our faith be big in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, amen and amen. Cathedral of Faith, could we just, in one mind, one accord, in one sound, in one moment, come on, lift your voice. Come on, clap your hands. Before you're seated, you know what to do. God is good. All the time. And all the time. One more time. God is good. All the time. And all the time. Come on, shout Good morning, Cathedral family, and a great morning to our first-time visitors. If you are a first-time visitor, please take that connection card located in the seat in front of you and scan the QR code. There, you can stay connected with things such as giving, volunteering, and all those great things. Oh, and most importantly, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to celebrate you and send you a certificate. So please make sure you connect with us using that connection card. 
Are you ready to rock out to the message about hope and faith to some reggae vibes? Gospel reggae group Christ Safari will be here in concert Friday, August the 18th at 7 p.m. in the amphitheater. What a great opportunity to invite your unchurched friends and family for a night full of great music and food trucks. Hope to see you there. If you are ready to take the step towards the marriage that God intended just for you, Ignite Silicone Marriage Conference is coming this September 22nd and 23rd. We believe this event can transform your marriage and position you for relationship success. Be inspired by guest speakers like Gary Chapman and music by Christian Bentley. Be equipped with biblical financial advice by Chris Brown and re-inject joy in your marriage through comedy with Andrew Stanley. We cannot wait to see you there. Sign up today. The Kids Ministry will be providing a Kids Conference Saturday, September 23rd during the Marriage Conference. To sign up, visit our kiosk in the lobby after service. Lead guitarist and founding member of new heavy metal band Korn is coming here at Cathedral September the 10th. Come hear Brian Welch share his story of his journey from rock star to rock bottom and how he met God. Breaking the chain of depression and drug addiction Brian held in his life. Hope to see you Sunday, September the 10th. Well, Cathedral, that wraps up our announcements for today. Visit us on all of our social media platforms, visit our website, and download our Cathedral app where you'll be able to learn about our latest and greatest happening here at Cathedral. We are a church where anything is possible, and the love is definitely lived out. Until next time, bye. Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Isn't it a beautiful, beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? I'm so excited about what God is doing in and through this church family. And also, you know, I call my, my big brother, you know, he has these Forrest Gump moments, if you haven't been around long, but my brother finds himself in very unusual situations. Come over, out here, bro. And he, just about a week or so ago, he was invited down to help celebrate. Sheila E. got a star on the Walk of Fame down in Hollywood. And my brother got to meet Ringo Starr, one of the Beatles, right next to her. So never know where my brother's going to show up. Wow. Well, God shows up in a big way. I have a great praise report to share with you. Uh, if you weren't here last week, we were able to share about a family, a committed family in our Spanish campus the Cruz family, how God had called them to sell everything they had, pack up their bags, go down to a border town in McAllen, Texas to serve those who are struggling. And so we wanted to be a part of that. So we gave them our 1991 big reaching out truck to help carry out their mission. Well, she was in town the prior week and she gave Pastor Robert and I an update about literally the thousands of people that they have been able to bless throughout the McAllen, Texas area with clothing, with food, with water, and of course with the good news of Jesus Christ. And then God also opened the door to them to go across into Mexico into one of the most dangerous towns in Mexico, Reynosa, Texas. 
uh, where there's cartels and the police are always fighting, lot kidnapping, horrible things, but God called them to be pastors there. And every Friday in Reynosa, Texas, 100 kids are blessed through their ministry there with food, clothing, and they preach the gospel. And Pastor Robert and I shared about what, what's we, what can we do as a church? And she said, well, of course, keep praying for us. We need your prayers. It's very challenging to minister down here. And then she goes, one of the challenges, too, we take that big reaching out truck and we load it up and we come over into Reynosa. And then going back, it takes about three to four hours to get back across into the U.S. because of the high security checkpoints. And just a note, that reaching out truck has no air conditioning. So you can imagine that in Texas. So she said, it'd be great. We're praying that God's going to give us a little smaller vehicle that we can go in and out quickly. And I said, well, I'm going to bring that to the church's attention. The Holy Spirit gave me a nudge, said, hey, you need to do that. And we just believed that someone was going to possibly donate that amount of money to help them with that. So right now, I want you to welcome the Cruz family. We got them live from McCallum, Texas. <laughs> Pastor yeah, Oliver and Ann. How you guys doing? God bless you. We are so happy to see you guys <laughs> in Cathedral Faith. We want to say thank you so much for your help. Thank you for helping our family and ministry. And, and we also want to say thank you for you guys. You know that you guys have been so big, big blessing for us. And let me just share with you the miracle of what God did through this church family. Someone came in Monday morning and gave us a check for $40,000 to help you. Glory to God. Yes. Yes. And we, we just want to say thank you to the person. Um, you know, we believe that God is a God that multiplies. So we declare blessing upon the whole church, blessing on everyone that gave, blessing that business or that person that blessed. We declare that God is going to bless them in an amazing way and you know once we um get the money and start you know get the truck we will make sure that we do send videos with the church so you guys could be part of this you know this this is a prayer answer god is a god that answers and like i said you know this being here could be overwhelming but we have a god that you know overwhelms our heart every answer that every prayer that we have he answers so, church, thank you so much to all thank of you, you. Thank you. You've been such a big blessing, and we will keep you updated. Amen. Well. The total that you gave was $43,125.55. Let's give it up. God's going to continue to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or imagine. Amen. Father, we are so grateful for your provision. Thank you for providing for this amazing family. And thank you for the cathedral family who consistently, sacrificially gives so that we can make a difference in the Bay Area and beyond. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said amen, amen and amen. amen. Well, I hope you're ready to receive. My brother has an incredible word from the Lord as we continue the series, Summertime Song.
It is so great to have our cathedral family together, whether you're here on site, in the building, outside in the amphitheater, or in the drive-in, or all those who are watching online. Thanks so much for being here. It was Mark Twain who once said, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. And we know how that can be true. Maybe not this summer, but in general. It can get very cold in the summer in San Francisco. And my wife and I, a while back, we went up to the city, and it was one of those cold, brisk days in the summer. And I wanted to take the ferry to go across to Sausalito. And so we got onto the ferry. I love being on the water because... To me, the water says so much about the way that life works that sometimes you're on the boat and the water is smooth and you got your feet up, chilling out to the sounds of Yacht Rock. And then other times you're in rough water. The winds and the waves are swamping the deck. You're holding on to the mast, trying not to get swept overboard. And then other times you're on the water and you're going, and all of a sudden, you run in to a fog bank. And you have a hard time in the fog bank making heads or tails of anything. And that's what happened to my wife and I. We got onto the ferry, and it was clear. We could see the sun above us. The sky was blue. It was cold but we could see. And then about halfway across the water, we run into this fog bank. And I mean, it was thick. It was really thick. We couldn't see above us. We couldn't see in front of us. We couldn't see behind us. We couldn't see anything. And there are rocks out in the bay. There's this one rock called Alcatraz. Hello. And I know we didn't want to run into that. And the question I want to think about today is when you run into a fog bank in life, how do you keep from being shipwrecked? We've been in this series on Psalms, and we've got such a great teaching team here at Cathedral. Can we give it up? Let's let our teaching team know how much we appreciate them. Dr. Wayne, Bishop. And today we're going to look at Psalm 73. And it's in this psalm that the writer runs in to a fog bank. At first, well, he's just sailing through life. Things are good. But then he runs into a fog bank and it brings him confusion. And he looks around, and life does not make sense to him. Life does not seem fair to him. Has that ever happened to you, that life doesn't seem fair to you? And what this does is it leads him into a fog bank, and in that fog bank, it almost shipwrecks his faith. The thing I like about the Psalms is they're so very authentic. They're so very real. They wrestle with the hard questions, the deep questions, the questions that you and I have at seasons of life. And this, and if you're having your own bout with doubt, 
today. Well, then you need to know you're not alone because here in Psalm 73, the writer of the Psalm, Asaph, he's a leader. He's a key leader. He's a worship leader in the church. He runs into a fog bank and he has such a serious bout with doubt, it almost shipwrecks his faith. You're not alone. But the good news is he comes through this bout with doubt and his faith is better and stronger than ever. And what I wanna do for the next few moments is to figure out, how did he do that? How did he get there? How did he keep from shipwrecking his faith? What can we learn from him that'll help you and I when our faith is being tested and when our faith is being tried? And I'd like to pray for all of us. If you wouldn't mind standing just for a moment, I'd like to speak a blessing over our time, specifically in the word today. Father, we surrender this moment to you. We ask that you would help our minds and our hearts, help our spirit to focus in. Lord, in a world where there's so many distractions, help us to lock in in this moment to be fully present, fully engaged, that we can hear the one thing that we need to hear. God, start with me so that this week will be different because we've met you in this moment. That's our heart, that's our desire. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Can we give God praise, amen, one more time. Hallelujah. Now this is a key. I mean, we do it here at Cathedral, we do it for a reason. Everyone, we know how it goes. God is good. And all the time. Before you're seated, tell somebody, we serve a good God. Go ahead. We serve a good God. We do. A good God. And that is what the psalmist believes. That is what his conviction is. He writes about it this way. He says, no doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to the good-hearted. This is what he believes. He believes in a good God. He believes that following God is the right thing to do and that following God is the best thing to do. This is what he believes. But then he hits a fog bank and he writes about his bout with doubt this way. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied. Circle the word envy. When you let envy take hold of your heart, it can take you to some pretty dark places. It almost shipwrecks his faith. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He looks out at the prosperity of the wicked and this is what sends him into his fog bank of confusion. He sees people who are not even trying. I mean, they're not even trying to serve God. They're not even trying to follow God. They're living like there is no God. In fact, they're living like they are God themselves. 
I, I saw this one comic and uh, an employee goes to see the human resource manager and the manager says, why are you resigning? And the employee says, me and my boss have major religious differences. And the manager says, what are those differences? And the employee says, my boss thinks he's God and I don't. <laughs> and we know people who are like that. People who live like there is no God or people who live like they are God. And the psalmist looks around, he sees these people and everything seems to be going great for them. Their pictures are on the magazine covers. They're the ones landing the TV shows. I, they're the ones who are doing so well on Wall Street. They even though they don't care in the least about God. And the reason it bothers him now, the reason it's bothering him right now, right now existentially, is because things are not going well for him. So he looks around and he says that good things are happening to bad people and bad things are happening to good people. And that just doesn't seem right to him. Doesn't seem fair. Billy Joel sang, only the good die young. What if he's right? Is there any upside to being good? The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 73. He says, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? Another translation puts it this way. It says, I've been stupid to play by the rules. What has it gotten me? A long run of bad luck, that's what. A slap in the face every time I walk out the door. Now, the original Hebrew language, it translates like this. It translates this way. What's up with that? <laughs> Would you say that with me? What's up with that? It looks around, sees what's going on, and the psalmist says, what's up with that? Say it one more time. What's up with that? Just doesn't make sense. And you know what that's like. I mean, at work, you look across the cubicle and you're in sales and man, you show up every day, you work hard, you try to treat your customers with honesty and fairness, but there's this guy who works across from you, he cuts all the corners. He'll say anything and do anything to make the sale. And with his bonus, He's going on a cruise to the Caribbean. And with your bonus, you're going on a cruise to Coyote Creek. <laughs> and you ask yourself the question, what's up with that? Say it with me. What's up with that? Or you look across the street in your neighborhood, and as a parent, you try to teach your kids the morals and values that you find in the Bible you love them unconditionally. You bring them to church. Of course, across the street, your brother and your sister-in-law, they don't give a rip about any of that. They fight like cats and dogs. They're drunk half the time. They let their kids go anywhere with anyone, whenever, with whomever. And, well, at school, 
Their kids are just crushing it. They're making the dean's list. And your kids, on the other hand, they're always in the dean's office. (laughs) And you look at that and you say, what is up with that? Or let's go even a little bit deeper. You get two texts on your phone. And one, well, it's from a guy, and this guy, you know, he's one of the most selfish, self-absorbed people you know. But he sends you a, a picture that he just ran the Ironman triathlon. And he sends you a picture of him finishing, and underneath it, he says, how great I am. <laughs> it's all about him. But you got another text that day, and it's from one of the most selfless, giving people you know. And she sent you a photo to ask you for prayer because she's just starting her cancer treatment. And you look at what's going on there, and you think to yourself, what's up with that? Life doesn't seem fair. And on and on it goes. The psalmist writes, as he's trying to get his mind around all of this, this is what he writes. He says, I tried to understand why the the wicked prosper, but a difficult task it is. Another translation of that same verse reads this way. It says, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache. And then another baby, well, he puts it this way. The more I think, the more confused I get. And again, get into the psalmist world. This is where he's at. It just doesn't make sense. The wicked, they should at least have boils. If they don't have boils, they should have bad hair. But everything just seems honky-dory for them. And the more he tries to figure it out, the more difficult it becomes. And then there's a turning point, and the turning point happens in that very next verse he says until I went into your sanctuary oh God until say that with me until I went unto your sanctuary oh God and there in the sanctuary he has an aha moment aha Say that with me. Aha. What's up with that? Aha. Now, I heard about this lady who, she was at the mall, and she wanted to take a break. And so what she did is she found a bench, sat down, opened a newspaper. You remember those? She opened a newspaper, and she reached over and took a piece of candy that she had purchased. And then to her surprise, the guy sitting next to her, he reaches over and takes a piece of candy that she had purchased. And it's thunder, but she ignored it. So she takes another piece of candy, and then he takes another piece of candy. Well, now she's ticked. And so what she ends up doing, she takes the candy, and she walks over to the trash can. She throws it away, and she's just steam's coming out of her ears. 
She goes back to shopping. A little later on, she sees that same guy. He's outside the bakery. He has a donut in his hand. She thought, I'm going to teach him a lesson. She walks up to him, grabs his hand, takes a bite right out of his donut. <laughs> That'll teach him. So then she finishes her shopping. She goes home, and she's unloading her packages, and she opens up her purse, and you'll never guess what she found inside. She found her bag of candy that all of that time she was eating out of his bag of candy. And at that point, she had an aha moment. Aha, say that with me, aha. It changed her perspective on what was really going on. And that's what the psalmist has. He comes into the sanctuary of God and he has an aha moment. And it changes his perspective. His situation hadn't changed. His circumstances hadn't changed. But his view of his circumstances changed. He has a different point of view, a higher point of view, a divine point of view. What God does in that moment, he lifts him above the fog so he can see again. You know, there are a lot of good reasons for coming to church. I'm so glad that you're with us today, whether you're on site or whether you're online. There are a lot of good reasons to come to church. I found this one kid, he's so excited about coming to church. Church is tomorrow! But one of those reasons is found in this passage, in this verse. Because there are moments in life, the psalmist says, this whole thing, man, he couldn't get his mind around it. It was causing him to distress, but it was in the sanctuary of God. We don't know when it happened. We don't know if it was during worship, when he was lifting up praise to God, whether it was during the scripture reading, when he's hearing the word of God, or whether it was during prayer, when they were crying out to God. But at some point during worship, he has this connection with God. And in that connection, God lifts him up out of the fog and above the fog so that he can see. And let me get real with you for just a moment because I know what that's like. I really do. Because I've had seasons, moments in life where my faith was very weak. I was struggling. I know I'm a pastor, but I'm also a human being. And as pastors, we have feet of clay. And I ran into a fog bank, and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. And my faith, it was at a low point. And the last place I felt like going was to church. I'm a pastor. And I didn't feel like going to church. But you know what? Feelings are good servants, but they're bad masters. And I was not going to live by my feelings. I was going to live by my faith, however weak it may be. And I made a decision to come to church. And when you come to church and you're around 
Well, you're in the place of faith, and you're around people of faith. And I'd be over here with Dr. Wayne. And even though, even though I didn't feel like lifting up my hands, I'd lift up my hands. Even though I didn't feel like singing, I'd still sing. Even though the fog was so heavy, friend, I would continue to lift up my heart and worship to God. And it was in this kind of setting that God lifted me above the fog and helped me to begin to see again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gave me a faith lift. I need a faith lift, but God gave me a faith lift. I needed that more. And what God did for me, God can do for you. If you're having a bout with doubt, don't give up on God. God hasn't given up on you. And you never know when that connection will come that will lift you out of the fog so you can see again. And if you can see, there was a, a swimmer, a long distance swimmer back in the 1950s called Florence Chadwick. And in 1952, she was gonna try to swim from Catalina Island all the way to the mainland. It was 26 miles. So she jumps in the water, she begins her journey, and the fog that day was really thick. She could barely see in front of her. But she kept swimming. For 15 hours, she kept swimming. And then finally, she said, it's over. I'm out. She quit. She gets into the boat, gets back to shore, and she finds out that she had swam 25 miles and only had about a mile to go. And looking back on that moment, this is what Florence said. She said, all I could see was the fog. I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. As long as you can keep seeing, you can keep swimming. That's why it's so important to let God lift you above the fog. And when that happens, the psalmist, well, he's got his conviction restored it restores his conviction. The psalmist, God lifts him above the fog, and above the fog he can see. Well, one boat's headed this way, and one boat's headed this way. One boat's headed for the rocks, the other boat's headed for the harbor. Which boat do you want to be on? And he writes about this. He can see where things are headed, ultimately headed. And he uses the word destiny. First of all, destiny. Say that with me. Destiny. He sees where things are ultimately headed. We have a what's up with that. Then this aha moment. And then destiny. He sees it. He writes about the destiny of the wicked this way. He says, I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. He sees that ultimately the boat they're on is headed for the rocks. If you want to see an example of this, watch the new Netflix documentary on Bernie Madoff, the monster of Wall Street. And for years, he ran his Ponzi scheme, and wow, I mean, 
He built, he fooled, he deceived investors, investigators, but eventually it all caught up with him. And when it did, he slipped off, fell off the cliff. And after his conviction, this is what Bernie said. He said, I have left a legacy of shame as some of my victims have pointed out to my family and my grandchildren. That's something I'll live for for the rest of my life. May not happen overnight. But the destiny of the wicked is headed one way. And when you understand that, you won't envy the wicked. You'll pray for them. You'll pray because God cares about them. And you want them to get on a different boat that will take them to safe harbor. Amen. And the boat that you're on. Amen. And then the psalmist sees the boat he's on, and he sees where it's headed. He, he says this, that even though I've been talking and, and thinking and acting like a, a beast, he said, yet I still belong to you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And you're leading me to a glorious destiny glorious destiny. Say that with me. Glorious destiny. That's where we're headed. We're headed to this glorious destiny. It may not happen overnight, but if we keep serving and trusting and following Jesus, don't give up on him. God hasn't given up on you. And today, let God lift you up above the fog to see ahead and see yourself heading for that harbor, glorious destiny. You know how this whole thing winds up. That changes everything. Let me ask you a question. Are there any Raider fans in the house today? Can I see you? Yeah? Okay. I saw a picture of a Raider fan and uh, it's right up here. Raider fan waiting for a winning season. And that actually is a picture of me. I put on some weight since then. But you know how it is for Raider fans. I'll never forget watching a, a, a game. I was all locked in. I had my jersey on. I had my hat turned the right way. And I had nachos and pizza and hot wings and a Diet Coke to balance it all out. And, and so I was geared up, man, and it was a great game. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there were points where it looked like the Raiders for sure were going to lose. But miracle of miracles, at the end, the Raiders drove down the field and they pulled it out. Raiders, right? Doesn't happen very often, but they did. And yet, do you know what? I never, as back and forth as the game was, I never broke out into a sweat, except for the hot wings. I never broke into a sweat. Now, normally, watching a Raider game like that, I mean, my blood pressure's through the roof. I have to call my therapist after. It's, I'm just a mess. But on this game, I didn't do any of that. How come? Because I had taped it. And I knew the outcome already. So it didn't matter what happened. All the twists and turns. 
I knew who was going to come out on top. And I don't know what quarter you're in today. Life can be hard. Life can be cruel. And it can take some really nasty twists and turns. But remember today where you're ultimately headed. You know the outcome. It may happen in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, or the fourth quarter, but one day you are headed to a glorious destiny. You're going to be a winner, not a loser. You're going to be the champ, not the chump. Surely, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Jessica's getting ready to come and sing a powerful song. But I want to read to you something that the psalmist wrote. In fact, if you ask me, what's your favorite place in all the Psalms? It's right here in Psalm 73. He comes through this bout with doubt stronger than ever. And he remembers that he has God. See, what envy does, it, you focus on what you don't have instead of what you do have. But remember, the psalmist remembers that he has God. And if he has God, then no matter what else he has or doesn't have, if he has God, he has the greatest good. God himself is the greatest good. And as the psalmist remembers this, let these words speak to your heart. I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and you're leading me. I know where this is headed, to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more, more, more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever and forever. Hallelujah. How good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do can we give him praise one more time for his goodness? Hallelujah! As Jessica comes, take the elements for communion, hold them in your hands, and we'll receive after this song prepares our hearts.
younger, when it was time to cross the street, you would come to this side, you would stop, you would look, you'd listen, hold on to your mom or dad's hand, and cross safely to the next side. And as we come to the cross today, as we hold on to the hand of our Savior, this is also a moment for us to stop and listen and look both ways. And by that I mean, as the psalmist said, as Pastor Ken underlined, we look upward. We look to where our hope is. We look to him on the cross who says, it's gonna be okay. I'm gonna hold on to you. You can hold on to me. We look upward to what Christ has done for us on the cross, taking our sins, our sorrows, our sickness, taking everything that would hinder us in our journey, taking all the fog. He comes and says, let me make it clear. I'm holding on to you. But not only do we look upward, we look inward. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we read these words. The apostle Paul writes about communion. Here's what he says. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We look upward to the one we can hold on to, but we also, we look inward and say, God, is there anything I'm holding on to I need to let go of? 
Maybe it's a sin, maybe it's a mistake, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's worry, maybe it's unforgiveness. So this is a moment to stop, look, listen, and say, God, I wanna hold on to you and I wanna let go of this. And so Lord, as we come to your broken body, you took everything for us. You didn't come to judge and condemn, you came to forgive. You came to heal. You came to give wisdom. And so, Lord, whatever we're holding on to in this moment, come examine our hearts and let us know what we need to let go of. We give that offense to you. We give that sickness to you. We give that struggle, that fear, that anxiety, that worry. We give all those things to you in this moment. We let go of them because on the cross, you took all these things. Forgive us. Heal us, speak to us, strengthen us. We stop, we look, we listen to hear your voice, and we let go. Let's receive now the broken body of Christ, for you are forgiven in Jesus' name. It says in the same manner he took the cup. This is where we keep our eyes now. He sacrificed everything so we can have that glorious destiny. And he says, I want you to eat this bread and drink this cup every time you have the chance to until the day we have in heaven when we do it with him. So this is looking forward to that glorious destiny. This is holding on to him. This is letting him guide us through whatever fog we're facing right now. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you were lifted up so that all of us could be drawn to you you were lifted up so that we know we have a glorious destiny. You were lifted up so that we can hold on to you. Let's receive now the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can we once more declare our conviction, our faith together? God is good and all the time. Let's give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah. Love our cathedral family. If you need prayer, our team will be down in front to pray with you or for you right after service. If you need to process some stuff, please come down. We'd love to pray with you. And then next week, we'll have with us one of the uh, most uh, important spiritual influences, influencers right now over in Europe, Gaetano Satilli will be here with us all the way from Rome. And then the week after that, we start a brand new series. So I'm excited about that. And uh, boy, if you wanna sum up the sermon, what's up with that? Aha. Uh -huh. And then destiny. Own that this week for you. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And every day this week, may you know that according to Psalm 23, goodness and mercy is chasing after you all the days of your life. And you will, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Have an awesome day.